You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money. And with me today from Brenthurst Wealth is Andre Besson. And Andre sent me a piece which says the following. Today's podcast is going to consider the following. Stock picks for 2021 and beyond. And Andre, I love this sort of interview because... People like to be told what the experts think, and that's exactly what you're telling us. So we're going to forget about uh, 2020, and we're going to look forward to 2021. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. So um, just a disclaimer bef- before we start uh, talk, like uh, I'm going to pick a couple of stocks um, uh, and like uh, you shouldn't sell the house and, <laughs> and bet everything on one of them. And the other thing is that, yeah, it should be part of a, a diversified portfolio. Yes. Um, but also, we, we're not stockbrokers, so we use a lot of uh, fund managers that, that invest in some of these stocks. But my feeling is that a lot of the time, people want to put a, um, a face to the name, so to speak, uh, not just invest in a fund. They want to know actually what they own. So there's a couple of what we do at Brenters. We identify uh, certain themes which we believe as, as a runway or, or merit in a portfolio. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just going to talk to to five of them that 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 I think um, that we believe is a, as a place in in your portfolio. Sorry, before you go on, I appreciate exactly what you've just said. So, what you're saying is these are picks that have been gleaned from from our research, but some of them might not be for the more conservative portfolio. I think that's what you're saying here. Yes, yes, correct. So, what we do at Brent is we 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 will build a portfolio of you say let's say five different funds. Uh, which has certain themes and, and characters, but these funds then, as a fund manager with our research team, and they invest in specific uh, stocks. Um, and I'm just going to highlight some of them so that, that clients uh, know a bit of, of the thinking behind the scenes. Excellent. Go for it. Cool. So the first one, emerging markets or China, um, if you look at the demographics and, and economies worldwide, you, you one cannot um, – uh, exclude China. There, there's a lot of growth, and and uh, the the um, the guys uh, project that that China's going to grow like eight percent next year. COVID hasn't really had an impact on the economic growth. Uh, they're back to pre-COVID levels. So so, but there's other things I like about China is that China has some of the biggest uh, or highest digital pe- penetration in the world. They've got a strong urbanized uh, population. And that gives a, a good reason for including companies uh, that do online transactions, that do uh, online retail. Uh, for instance, they, they don't have a physical retail legacy, bricks and mortar, like the U.S. does. There's uh, thousands of Walmart stores in the U.S. that have got in, in, uh, infrastructure uh, that exists in the U.S., but that doesn't uh, exist in China. So there's really people living in uh, very high-density um, and that really leans itself towards online retail. And if you go to Shanghai or Beijing, it's not common uh, to see like a, a guy on the street paying with his phone for almost everything. Yes. So like on online uh, payments. And then the, the rising middle class in China, if you think about it, if you earn more money, the first thing you do is you, you, you cater for your basic needs, food, water, etc. But the next is that you want to you wanna spend some time uh, on, on, on luxury or, or enjoyment. And then that's why companies like NetEase and Tencent, uh, they really speak towards that theme, uh, online gaming. And the guys in China have become so evolved 
that some of the, the, the American uh, companies, they use some of the IP of companies like, like NetEase, which is a bit off the beaten track. We, we know about Tencent through NASPAS. Um, but then also Alibaba is, is a good play if you want to uh, make use of this uh, theme. And a lot of the, the online or the, the tech kind of funds, they don't just include the FANG stocks. They're looking towards Alibaba as well. So we yeah we believe that that is a, a summer runway and, and merit in your portfolio. I think there was another um, one as well. It, Sorry to interrupt again, but there was one that I was I was speaking to my morning stockbroker uh, today, and he was talking about a new entrant to the IPO market, which was not a clone, but uh, certainly a mm. company that might be similar to NetEase and Alibaba and Tencent. And I think their IPO has been 453 times oversubscribed. I can't remember the name, yeah. but it sort of it plays to your theme of China and digital penetration. Mm. The next one I like particularly is US defensive tech and growth, because it's got growth and defensive in the sentence. Mm. Tell us more. Yeah, so tech has evolved so much like um, one shouldn't really compare it to the previous dot-com boom because everything has, has changed so much. But if you if you include a company like Visa and MasterCard, it's, it's online payments, but it, it, it is in certain sense the tech companies, but they, they're really very defensive. Um, they've got a monopoly on the world credit card system. And if you think about it, like uh, a country as, as such as India, um, these companies... They, they they have so much people there, more than a billion or 1.1 billion, and a lot of that transactions is cash. And they, they are switching over to, to, to um, credit card or card payments. And so that's a tailwind for, for companies like Visa and MasterCard with the uh, established uh, client base they've got in the developed uh, world and, and the West. Um, so they've got pretty much a monopoly there. Um, Microsoft is another defensive kind of tech stock Um it, it it's so entrenched in, in the whole world in, in what we do um, in the software that, and they're not only software they they've got um, Xbox they've got uh, the, what they do is they they use the cash on the on the balance sheet which is very very strong and they buy up smaller companies so you 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 buy you'll pay a high price for a Microsoft stock but it's so it's it's quite offensive and then also they they use the cash to buy cheaper companies and just slurp them in into the um, the bigger biggest scheme of things, um, and then Amazon is more of a is the next one I want to want to highlight. So we like to to include more defensive play in the tech space, but then also innovative because at the end of the day, a client sits in front of you and they, they want growth, and a lot of them is is happy to sit down out the volatile ride and then own a company like like Amazon, which is really expensive. But Amazon is is more than an online retailer. They're into banking and biotech. They're into a lot of stuff uh, which we don't know about. And they also they buy up a lot of um, other other businesses which which they think has has great potential. Um, and then one one company which I like, which uh, is a it's not in the U.S. but it's it's a Dutch play. Yes. So you can you can own um, a, a companies that is suppliers to the tech space or to the to um, to people in 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 that whole um, cycle, so or, or value chain. So ASML is a, is a it's a semiconductor chip manufacturer. It's it sits in 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 Ireland or it's listed in Ireland, but it's got such a high uh, quality kind of product which they produce. The the, the IP they have is it's not uh, you you can't 
um, just take that over so so easily. So it's it's a defensive kind of play, but in a growth industry. So. Yeah, that's what we also like. Yes, there's only two things I know about. Well, there's three things I know about ASML. Is that one, like you do, a lot of South African fund managers like it. Uh, number two, it's based mm. in Eindhoven, which is where Philips is, is based as well. And Eindhoven has got a sort of reputation for producing innovative companies. And number three, the barriers to entry to the ASML business are huge. So it's it's not got a monopoly, but certainly it's got it's got a very big market share. Yeah, so the point I wanted to make is that we like tech. It's It's got a good runway, but it's volatile. But you, you, own, you don't need to own all these crazy uh, flavor of the month companies. A lot of the tech companies are established businesses which won't fall over tomorrow or the year after. Innovative stocks, this is a good one as well. Yeah. And it's, it's quite controversial because innovative stocks means that some will fall by the wayside and others will thrive over the next few years. Some will get it right, some will get it wrong. So you've got to go for the ones, I would imagine, that are already quite established. Yeah, so um, with an innovative kind of theme, we, we believe you can add like 10 or 15% of your portfolio to something that's going to give you extra upside, which uh, we believe like is market-disrupting kind of stocks or market disrupting kind of uh, industries. So these would include clean energy, robotics, cloud computing, cybersecurity. Um, and in a fast evolving world, uh, like just think about cybersecurity. Um, that's becoming so important for governments, for, for big companies. Um, and you need really, if, if you're a good provider in that space, you're going to make a lot of money. If you're going to take, uh, for example, clean energy, everybody's concerned about global warming, um, pollution. If you're going to take away uh, markets uh, space from a company like Shell, Shell or, or BP, you're going to be, be in the money. So a company like that, uh, Nextera is, is one of the biggest uh, clean energy or solar uh, suppliers in the U.S. that would speak to that, that theme. Amazon, again, is, is in this space, some of um, cloud computing, etc., or actually Microsoft as well. And then Tesla would also speak towards a lot of this. But but what we do is we also use uh, uh, ETFs or, or funds that has uh, specific, very very diversified. They they invest in a lot of companies that speak towards these themes. And in the in the offshore space, we use a, uh, a ETF from Gins Global. And, and in the local side, everything offshore but denominated in rand. We there's a there's a uh, ETF and, and fund from Signia. Yes. Uh, which is a fourth industrial revolution fund, which we, we also like. Good. Moving on now to defensive stocks. So we've we've gone for the growth stocks. We've gone for some that are, are more uh, growth orientated than others with defensive qualities at the same time. So you've got a nice little mix there for your diversified yeah. portfolio. Let's have a look at pure defensive stocks now. What do you like? Yeah, so defensive stocks, we, we like, like Nestle. Um, okay, so the first thing why I would include this is that if you want something defensive, uh, the traditional ways to, to buy bonds or include bonds in your portfolio, but bonds are giving in developed world like zero, minus something, or just just something below 1%. So that gives you a good uh, merit for, for including a strong company, defensive qualities, but they pay a good dividend. So Nestle is the first one coming to mind. 6% dividend. It's uh, listed in Switzerland. It's got a 190-year track record. And <laughs> like... They are so actually a boring company established, except for George Clooney and the, and the Nespresso ad. I think that and enforces they, the boring nature of it. I can't stand those ads, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> they established businesses. They, they they sell products and the factories right around the globe. 
And um, so if the market would run, this, this company won't run that much. But if it falls, this company won't fall that much. And as a 6% dividend yield, I'd rather own that than a, than a bond that's earning a negative um, yield. The other one that I would include, it's actually uh, but not um, against the, the grain, uh, Microsoft. If you want to uh, have something with growth, then Microsoft is actually the only uh, like established tech company uh, that that's gives a, a nice dividend around one percent. Uh, that's a that's a good income stream you would own there. So my thinking is, okay, I'm a bit younger, so I'm a bit more aggressive in my thinking. Why would you own a U.S. Treasury with one percent, yeah. less than one percent uh, uh, yield? Uh, than owning Microsoft paying you 1% dividend. That I would rather use the latter if you uh, if you are happy with sitting out like a 20-year ride with, with Microsoft. And yeah. other uh, stocks you can look at, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Rush, uh, Rush Holdings in, 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 in uh, Switzerland, all paying around 3%, and you own healthcare, which is quite topical uh, this year and, and the next. Yes, of course, Pfizer very much in the news today because of the first vaccines uh, being administered to people in the United Kingdom. And of course, Pfizer in collaboration with a couple of others on the coronavirus, the COVID-19 vaccine, which is definitely one to watch. And finally, you say one or two gold shares. I'm I'm thinking he may say Anglo Gold Ashanti or something like that, with the companies that have been associated with South Africa, although have moved away from South Africa. But no, one or two gold shares. And you say Polyus in Russia and Barrett Gold in Canada. You're not being disloyal, are you, Andre? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm trying to be unpatriotic or something like that. I just picked two, which is a bit off the beaten track. Um, Everybody knows England Gold or Gold Fields, or you can buy a lot of these gold shares in, in, in London or, or in New York. But um, some of the others that, that I think that, that has come across the radar for, for a lot of fund managers are Polyus in Russia. They're the fourth biggest gold uh, um, company or gold mine, not mine, the company that produces gold in the world. So Russia is obviously um, – not an obvious place to invest for everybody, but it's it's a company that, that can make profit. And then Barry Gold is a, a, a bit, bit more um, well-known. Warren Buffett also bought this uh, a while ago, so it was in the news. Um, but yeah, it's in Canada. We, we It's the second biggest uh, company in the world producing gold. So I just wanted to mention that as well because I think as South Africans, we are our own, the own bias. We only know about Anglo Gold, or Gold Fields, or Harmony. But there's other options to look at. The, if I would include this in a comp- in a portfolio, not more than five to ten percent, so typically around seven or eight. But um, the reason would be for diversification, a edge against a edge against inflation. But also, these companies are very cash generative. So if they can produce gold and earn more than a thousand thousand dollars per ounce, they're in the money. So at this stage, if you if you have a, a one seven or one eight um, that that is the gold is trading at this stage above thousand eight hundred they're gonna make a lot of money um, but it is a it, it is quite a volatile space to be in as well to summarize you're looking at a diversified portfolio and the diversification aspect has really come to the fore with china with u s defensive with innovation uh, with defensive sort pure defensive stocks and also the gold shares looking forward to two thousand and twenty one and again forgetting about two thousand and twenty if you can are you looking forward to it 
Yeah, so we're looking forward to it. Uh, we believe that uh, in a time of a crisis, great leaders come to the fore. That would be the same for companies, for fund managers, and also for individuals. So we believe that like uh, difficult times make individuals stronger. Um, next year, the, the global economy is, is I believe, due for a bounce if, if we can navigate um further navigate the corona the virus and and as economies opens up so we're looking forward to it um and we like like we enjoy managing people's money and and um creating growth in the long run and i think the important thing that i would want to mention is that diversification is key uh greed and fear would would only lose your money in the short term uh so don't act on your emotions um, but in the long run, a diversified portfolio is, is the only free free lunch. But you need to take risk in a, to, to generate the return. Mm. I think your portfolio is very, very interesting indeed. And I think uh, long term, one or two might fall by the wayside. But I think long term, that is a really, really well balanced stock pick for 2021 and beyond. Andre, thank you so much for all that. It was really good. And thanks so much for your contributions throughout 2020. We're looking forward to 2021 and speaking to you again. That was Andre Besson from Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.